to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Go with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 16. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 16. And uh, I've, got, I've got to fly through this. I've been teaching on the blessing, and uh, I taught... Um, three uh, messages prior to this one. This will be the last one. We're going to shift and do something different next month. Um, but I've been talking to you about the blessing and about giving, and I've got uh, uh, one more one more teaching I want I want to give you this morning to wrap this up. Um, <clears throat> I taught the first week we started uh, teaching this. I talked about the law of first fruits, where God demands that the first belongs to Him. We don't know how much we will get after the first, but when we give Him the first, we have to trust that everything comes out of the first that we gave God. You remember that? Just say yes, even if you wouldn't even hear. Just say yes. It was so powerful. It was absolutely amazing. It was so good. It's my favorite sermon I've ever heard. All right. And then last week I taught on the law of divine portion. I taught on the law of divine portion that when you take your tithe into the storehouse you initiate the covenant protection from God money given without the tithe being in alignment is outside the covenant protection of God then we taught on multiplication and then I then this is the the final message I want to wrap this up with I want you to write this down if you're taking notes this is going to be called the law of trust everybody say trust say it like you're Pentecostal trust Thank you. Luke's gospel, chapter number, 10, chapter number 16, verse number 10, records these words. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If, therefore, you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. Everybody say mammon. Come on, say it. Mammon. If you've been unfaithful in the righteous mammon, and if you've been faithful, if you've not, okay, let's just start all over. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, who will, I can't even see because of these lights, all right, I'm getting old. If therefore, let's do this again. You have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. I promise you I can read. Who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No man can serve two masters. Let me say it again. No man can serve two masters. Let me say it again. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Everybody said amen. Um, I, I started this teaching coming from this idea, and I've said this several times in several sermons over the last several months, and this is going to be, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to establish a foundation of understanding so when I use certain language, Hope Unlimited knows what I'm talking about. So when I say things like the kingdom of God, your mind automatically knows the kingdom of God is defined as God's ways of doing things versus the kingdom of this world or the world's ways of doing things. The kingdom of God is God's system. The kingdom of this world is the world's system. And there are advantages in God's system that, are not, that you are not able to access when you operate according to the world's system. 
right? The Bible uses some other terminology to talk about this. It uses this terminology, the wisdom of this world versus the wisdom of God. Paul even goes further and talks about the spirit of this world versus the spirit of God. If we want everything God's kingdom has designed for us to have, we have to get into God's ways of doing things by operating according to God's wisdom and God's spirit. That qualifies us to function in God's kingdom. If we try to access the kingdom of God's treasure through worldly wisdom, it never works. You with me? All right. So there are in God's kingdom certain principles and laws that we cannot break and expect for the kingdom to be fully expressed in our life. One preacher said it this way. You don't break God's laws. God's laws break you. Amen. There are laws, there are principles that function inside the kingdom of God. And if we want the kingdom to come, we have to get in order. Everybody say order. That's another word you're going to hear a lot about. We have to get in order and alignment with God's system, God's principles. I was preaching at Memphis a while back, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, and I was in the hotel room, and I went to the vending machine to get me something to drink. I had my, my dollar bills there, and I went to the vending machine to get me something to drink, and I was prepared to invest money into the vending machine. But when I got to the vending machine, there was a sign on the outside of the vending machine that said, out of order and I would never invest money into something that I saw was out of order God is the same way when he comes to you ready to invest something into you he's first got to make sure that you are in y'all with me We've got to get in order. I need you to help me this morning. We've got to get in order. I know it's your old church. You don't shout. You sit there and you be silent. That's why you're not at your old church right now, okay? You have to get in order. You have to get in order. God's not going to put something into you that he knows is broken and will never and will never reciprocate what it was supposed to reciprocate. We've got to get in order. There we go. All right. Now, whenever God starts dealing with his people about giving it is never about money it is always about trust money has the ability to to identify where our trust lies more than anything else because money more than anything else has the ability to steal our trust from God and it's interesting, I see Christians, I see believers all the time that want to excel in God. They want to they prophesy and they want to pray and they want to preach and they want to be able to get wisdom and they want to be able to get revelation and they want to see revival and they want to intercede and they want to do all of the flashy stuff, but they don't want to excel in giving. I've actually had people tell me this, that church ought not be taking money. They ought to trust God, says the man who won't give anything. Ought to trust God. Why don't you give all your money, brother, and trust God? Oh, now, that don't work that way, right? Whenever God gets ready to deal with his people concerning giving, he is never dealing with you just because it's money. God doesn't need your money or my money. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. If you want to know what God's concerned about, he drives on gold. The streets are paved with, that's how irrelevant. All the silver and all the gold is mine, says the Lord. That's what he said, right? God's not concerned about money. 
God is concerned about trust because the currency of the world is money, but the currency of the kingdom is faith. And God knows, regardless of your financial situation, if I can get your heart, if I can get your trust, if I can get your faith to be solely and fully reliant upon me, then I can give you all the other stuff that you need to function in this world. The best way you can ever learn to function and be empowered in this world is to make sure that you are functioning according to another one. Are y'all with me this morning? Is, am I making this clear as mud? You hear what I'm saying? Giving is never about God dealing with your money. It's about God dealing with your trust. That's why he said this. This this phrase is fascinating to me. You cannot serve God and mammon. He said you can serve mammon. You can serve it. It can be a God to you. He told Moses, he said, have no other gods before me. And he's not talking about Buddha statues. A God is anything we put our trust in to deliver us. I can tell who your God is by how you act when it comes voting time. Because they going to get me out. They ain't going to get you out. They didn't get you in. Y'all okay today? God's never dealing with you about your money. He's dealing with you about your trust. And he says, you can serve, you can give yourself over to the spirit of this world or the spirit of mammon. That's why Jesus, this is actually fascinating. Jesus stood at the offering bucket and watched what everybody was throwing in. You talk about pressure. Jesus looking at all right. <laughs> See what I do for you. And the widow brought her two mites, says she's got greater faith than everybody. Why is Jesus, st- you can't ignore that scripture. Why is Jesus staring at what everybody's putting in? You do know he's staring at what we're putting in. <laughs> I don't know what you put in, but he does. You don't know what I put in, but he does. Why is he staring at the woman and what she's giving? Because he is deeply concerned about our relationship with money. Because he knows money, if it's not tended to properly, will take their trust from me. So let's talk about mammon. Can I just, can I not shout and just teach for a minute? Can I do that? All right. You shall not serve God and mammon. The word mammon actually means this. It's an an ancient word that means this. It means deceitful riches. It doesn't mean riches. It means deceitful riches. Mammon, there's something about deceitful riches that has the propensity to lure our trust away from God and make us believe and think that money is the answer to all of our problems. Right? If you can't manage the money you have now, you'll never manage more. You won't be able to manage more. You hearing what I'm saying? I know the solution to everybody's problem in the room is a pay raise. I get that, right? That's what you need. You just need a little bump, a little bump, a little bump. So all you need is a little bump. You know what's going to happen when you get that little bump? New car. And now that little bump is going to the car payment. That's what we do with our little bumps, right? Or if we, have, we see something we want that we can't afford, what do we do? Borrow. 
because mammon leads our trust away from God and mammon stirs within our hearts a discontentment that makes us want to overextend and get things we cannot afford. There is never in your Bible, God, God never in your Bible speaks positively about debt, ever. He says things like this, the borrower is slave to the lender. Don't give me that good debt, bad debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. Well, if I borrow this, if I keep if I keep my house payment and then I get the tax break off the mortgage interest, do you know how much money you would have if you didn't have that house payment? A lot more than you getting off that tax break because of your mortgage mortgage interest. Why? Because the borrower is slave to the lender. As a matter of fact, he told them in, in Deuteronomy, he said, I want you to be so empowered that you are the lender, not the borrower. Not only are you the lender, you're lending to nations. Israel, you're going to be lending to nations. You're going to be so financially empowered that people run to you and they are able to borrow because you have freed yourself from the spirit of mammon all because you trust in me. Somebody say hallelujah. So mammon has the ability to lure our hearts away. It has the ability to lure our our trust away. It has the ability to, to cause us to believe that all of our answers are wrapped up in our economics. All of our answers are wrapped up in our economics. So we're, especially in America, especially American Christians, we're on this pursuit of more and more and more. We talk about poverty all the time. Poverty, poverty. Everybody in this room, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the history of the world, Right? unless you're like a college student, and then God bless you, right? We talk about poverty like it's, like it's something that we all, we do struggle with poverty in relation to what we want. Hear what I'm saying? Because mammon, the spirit of mammon gets a grip on our minds and makes us feel like we should have more than what we are capable of providing. So therefore, we lead ourselves down into a ditch. We lead ourselves off into debt. And debt eats tomorrow's prosperity today. Right? <laughs> you ever bought a car that later on you wish you wouldn't have bought? And after the new smell wears off, the payment book don't. Right. And then you got to get new tires, and the payment book is the ever-present help. It's the one constant. It rolls around every month. Doesn't ask you how you're doing. Doesn't ask you how things are going. Doesn't ask you, did you lose your job or did you get a raise? It's just there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's just there. It's like it's like it's like omnipresent. It's just there. It's everywhere. You go to the beach and it's still there. You lose your job, it's still there. You have four kids, it's still there. You have a hundred thousand dollars in medical bills. Guess what? The payment book don't care. Because mammon fuels us to believe I've got to have that in order to settle and calm everything going on in here. So we buy, we buy, I've seen people buy cars. So they could look impressive at red lights. 
I, I, I went the other day with, with uh, or a couple of weeks ago with my mother-in-law. She was going to buy a new car, and she, she could afford it. It was a very nice car, very expensive car. And then the, the salesman, he was so, I ain't never mind. He was just selling her good. He was selling her good. And he was like, oh, you need to get this car. You deserve it. You may tell you what you deserve, what you can pay for. Right? That's what you deserve. Everybody talking about these millennials. They all entitled. So are we. We want to buy houses we can't afford because we deserve it. We work hard. Not if you can't afford it. Y'all okay this morning? We're going to get to the trust part in a minute. You're like, great. This is a perfect time. Christmas. This is just fantastic. <laughs> You're going to leave. You're going to leave here today. Kids, all of it's going back. Christmas around my house was crazy, man. When, when it was a month and a half out from Christmas, anytime I needed anything, my mom said I have to wait till Christmas. Mom, I have no shoes. Well, you got to wait till Christmas. Mom, I need toothpaste. Well, Christmas is in three weeks. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? Mom, I'm starving. Well, Santa might bring you some food. We don't know. We get crazy in this season. We get out of control. You see the spirit of man exploding, exploding, just, just getting a grip on people's minds and more and more and more and more. And I want you to have a great holiday and I want you to, to celebrate and, and love your family and, and give them whatever they want if you can afford it. If you do it and it's not being driven by mammon. It's not being driven by something that says you got to have all of this stuff to be okay and feel validated and compete with your neighbors. You got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have it. You don't have to have any of it. And God is saying you cannot serve that spirit and serve me at the same time. You are going to trust one of us. And this is the language he uses. You will love one and you will hate the other. And you will hold to one and you will despise the other. Somebody's going to be your master. And it's either going to be God or it's going to be mammon. That spirit that says, I am discontented and I am unhappy and I deserve more and I want more. And look at what they got and I can't believe that. And look at what they're driving and look at where they're living. And that's the, that's the voice of mammon speaking to us. And if we don't learn to shut it up, it will drive us into a ditch. It'll drive us into a ditch. We let mammon talk us into things and then we beg God to get us out of them. You hear what I'm saying? Mammon, it, it eats everything God wants to do in your life tomorrow. Mammon devours it today and it makes you its slave. Hallelujah. Mammon, always, mammon has this unique way of, it, 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 it breeds really three different attitudes in people. Are y'all with me? It breeds three different attitudes in people. First thing it does is it breeds greed. Mammon breeds greed. Greed is when we hoard everything that comes our way. And it's a, it's a stinginess that comes, even though God in his word has clearly spoken about how our, what our relationship with money is supposed to look like. When you're driven by mammon, it is underneath mammon is really greed. I've got to keep and 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 I can't give and I've got to keep and I can't give and I've got to keep and I can't give. I could say some stuff right now. Not everybody can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. You hearing what I'm saying? I grew up in a family where my parents worked like animals 
animals and never got ahead. And you know what the voice of greed? You know what the voice of greed said? Well, you just got to work hard. Just got to get after. You just got to do this. You, and I'm going to keep you my slave because there's no, there's no compassion. There's no giving. There's no releasing of one. I'm trying to, I'm, I don't want to get, uh, I'm trying not to get political. But you cannot look at hurting people in great need and point the finger and say, you should just get after it. (laughs) Because we're Southern white Republicans. I said it. I said it. Right? And it's it's a greed. I worked for it. I got it. God forbid. God, that's what we're always talking about. Well, if you give somebody a handout, it ain't going to help them. It might. It might. It might. I agree you don't need to give a drug addict money. But a single mom fighting the fight? Well, I I dug my way out, bless God. You got to dig your... Are you kidding me right now? You want me to tell you how compassionate God was with Israel? He said, every seven years, if somebody's in debt to you, forgive it. Y'all with me? He said, every seven years, if somebody's in debt to you, forgive it. And every seven years, if you bought somebody's property because they were struggling financially, give their property back to them and let them start all over and give them a clean slate. I know that's not capitalistic and that's not democracy at its finest, but it is the kingdom of God. You hearing what I'm saying? I've got friends right now in Panama City when the hurricane came through, there are still tens of thousands of people living in tents. Tens of thousands of people still to this day living in tents. Our ministry school just sent a ministry team down there to help feed people living in tents. And you know what we would say? Well, it's tough. You just got to dig your way out. Really? Really? I believe in personal responsibility, and I believe you got to dig your way out. But whatever happened to compassion? Whatever happened to compassion? Whatever happened to if you dug your way out so well that you've been blessed that way, maybe give a little to somebody and continue digging your way, and God will bless you. The Bible says that if you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. And that... No, you didn't hear that scripture at all. The Bible says that if you give to the poor, it doesn't mean if you offer them your prayers. It says if you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. Watch this. And it says God always repays with interest. You hearing what I'm saying? We demonize everybody having a struggle. Well, it was their choice. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe they made a horrible choice. Maybe they made a horrible choice and your compassion is the very thing that touches their heart and makes them want to turn their life around. Maybe that's the case. Instead of us watching them struggle, then folding our hands like the Pharisee in the temple with the sinner saying, thank you, God, I'm not like one of them. Y'all ain't ready, y'all, y'all. It's just getting too far for you. Cheer up, it gets worse. You know, what the, you know what that's called? That's called mammon talking. Mammon talking. I grew up my whole life. I grew up my whole life. You see a homeless person on the street, bless God, don't give him anything. He's going to chase you down. Really? I think, really? 
Really? It's a poor Muslim woman. I think I can take her. <laughs> Don't give me anything, bless God. If you can stand out here and shake your cup, you can stand at McDonald's and say, man, take your order, please. They should go get a job. Maybe they did a, something stupid at 16 and they've got some on the record and they can't get a job now. I've got people. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I've got people in my family. Every time they get out of prison, they go back in. You know why? It's not because they're stupid. It's not because they don't like prison. It's not because they like prison. It's because they can't get a job. They can't get a house. They can't even rent somewhere. Why do they go to prison? They're out of options. And you know what, man, would say, well, you just. Whatever happened to just good old fashioned Christian compassion? Right? Amen. I'm preaching right at Christmas. Whatever happened to just good old fashioned Christianity? We've listened to the voice of mammon. I thank God that we live in the nation we live in. I thank God that we live in the type of system we live in where you can make really as much money as you want to. You really can. You can just get after it. Thank God for it. But that's not just for you. It's to turn around and help somebody. Turn around and help somebody. You with me? It's the voice of mammon talking. Mammon, mammon produces greed. Mammon also produces pride. It says, I will not bend to the law of God that says, I got to give something to the church. I will not bend to it. I will not bend to the law of God that says, it's my job to care for the poor. That's what the Bible says, church. It's our job to care for the poor. Strangers, orphans, and widows. Our job. It's our job. You with me? Said it's our job. You cannot read the New Testament and get away from how laced it is with compassion and giving and serving people that might not make the best decision after you give them a handout. And the Bible says you give without strings attached. This is getting too, too funky, I can tell. I'll move on in a minute. Pride says, I will not submit to the law of God. I will not submit that church is just after my money. We're not after your money. We're really not. We're really not. God did not send you here to sustain us. God sent you here to sustain you. You ever met greedy people? They're ugly ugly it's ugly see we like to preach on the big sins we like to preach on the big sins in church this, uh, the people ask me questions on instagram they ask me all this kind of stuff this is what they want to know is it a sin to drink alcohol <laughs> one person asked me if if you're a christian and you commit suicide do you go to hell what do you think about homosexuality and i'm like we can talk about all that let's talk about that let's talk about greed Let's talk about our gossip, right? We're so concerned. We're so concerned with whether or not, whether or not, if a Christian commits suicide, will they go to hell? Let's hang on. Let's talk about the real stuff that comes in and out of church every Sunday and raises their hands and sings the songs and shouts the words on the screen. Let's talk about the real stuff going on in our hearts, like greed and like pride. 
because we serve mammon. Oh, our sin might not be as visible as everybody else's sin, but he said, if you love it, you hate me. God Almighty. So it, it, it produces, mammon produces greed. It produces pride. And it also, in an odd way, produces poverty. It creates this attitude in you that you have to be ashamed of the blessing that God gave you. Right? That you have to, you can't really talk about or share how God is blessing you. And the real reason God's blessing you is because you've come into order with his principles. It's like Cain and Abel in the Bible. Your Bible says that Cain gave one offering, Abel gave another offering. And the Bible said that God had respect for Abel and his offering. And he did not have respect for Cain and his offering. The Bible teaches us that God does not respect people, but he does respect principles. So when you see something operating in somebody else's life that's not operating in our own life we can't get an attitude with God or get envious of them they just implemented a principle that we've refused or been too prideful to implement in our own life aren't you glad this series is over today aren't you thankful so mammon has this way to drive us to greed it drives us to pride and it drives us to poverty and he says you cannot serve both God and mammon you are going to somebody to be your God and if that is your God there, there is a connection all through your Bible between your money and your trust your trust you cannot tell me that you trust when you've not submitted to the principles that God has established because he's looking at what the widow puts in and he's looking at what all of us put in because it's there I can really tell where your heart's at. Everybody when the music's good looks like a Christian, right? Everybody when the preaching's good sounds like a Christian. Everybody over coffee and donuts out front looks like they're the most wonderful saint of God that you've ever seen. But you start talking about money and people start having problems. Why? Because mammon is secretive. Mammon is, mammon is an attitude more than it's an action. Mammon keeps us from giving. If we are not giving biblically, it's because we've submitted to mammon. I don't think, yeah, let me say it again. If we're not giving biblically, it's because we've chose to listen to mammon. And he said, you will love one and hate the other. You will hold to one. You will despise the other. Why would you despise? Why, if you held to mammon, would you despise God? Because God's system flies in the face of mammon's voice. Right? Mammon says, I'm not going to help you. You should help yourself. God says, I'm going to help you more than once if I have to. So how do you break mammon? You break mammon like this. I'm tell you, you ready? You not ready? You ready? It's real simple. This is how you break mammon. Generosity. The spirit of mammon is broken by our generosity 
because our generosity communicates trust. And when I continue to give, I am continuing to keep my heart postured before God and declaring you are still God, not money. You are God when I don't have enough. And you are God when I've got too much. You are God when I'm struggling. And you are God when I am soaring. Hearing what I'm saying? Mammon is broken by generosity. That's why we're doing a Christmas offering. Because I want mammon off of our, I want the spirit of mammon off of our finances so the spirit of God can rest on our finances. Hearing what I'm saying? All right, band, come on. I know this was a little different this morning, um, and I'll preach you happy next week. We'll shout, and uh, we'll talk about something a little more palatable. I'm going to teach on giving every year. Every year. It is every bit as important an element of, of your discipleship as living right, as reading your Bible, as praying and attending church. Let me, let me show you what we've done in the Church of America today. Can I, can I tell you this? This is what we've done in the Church of America today. We've created churches where we encourage you to worship, encourage you to listen to the word, encourage you to serve in outreach, encourage you to join a small group, encourage you to connect to a team where you can serve in the ministry. And we're going to be talking about that coming up because we have some incredible opportunities that we want to plug people into. We do all of these things. And in those same churches, people say, now, if you want to give, there's a bucket in the back. Just whatever, just whatever you want to do. Just whatever you want to do. Don't talk about money. You run people off. They must not be the right people then. I'm not interested in creating a church that is palatable to mammon. I'm not interested in creating a church where mammon is comfortable to exist. Why are you talking to us about giving? Because as a pastor, it is my job to put a demand on your faith. This is my job to put a demand on your faith and say, trust God. Break mammon off of your life and watch what God will do. It might not sound American or Western or capitalistic, but it's the kingdom of God. Hearing what I'm saying? Thank God for capitalism, but the kingdom is so much better. The kingdom's never had a recession. Y'all got to quit acting funny on me. Y'all with me? We're going to be kingdom people. Patty caking. Come on, we're going to be kingdom people. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church/give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.